The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Six and it's a Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're doing well. It's the six thirty chat afternoon news. Jayla Nye, Andrew Gross on your airwaves for the next four hours. <laughs> Another four hour show, Another you say? One. Wow. When did hockey start? Uh, it's going to be a great 17th. one. Does it? Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to be another great show, I'm sure. We'll have uh, your word of the day, of course, again, for you to join us on our uh, winter holiday down to Jamaica. I heard Bob Stoffer throwing a little shade my way earlier on Oilers Now. Something about uh, me in a uh, bathing suit. Or I don't know what it was. Whatever. I don't think, I don't think Stoffer should be showing well, shade, right? He did it from a glass house. But yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> That's how I was able to see it. Okay, stuff on your way to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, really, that was buddy. That big floating pool out there. <laughs> uh, we're also going to be joined uh, by 6:30 Chad's uh, Scott Johnson today, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about this um, five-point plan that the mayor has unveiled mm-hmm. to deal with what they're calling the toughest budget in a decade. Yeah, it seems like I've. I think I might have uh, rented this movie last year and the year before as well. It's always. It's always at this time, as uh, council gets back together again, starts talking mm-hmm. budget, that we hear that, well, yeah, we're going to have to tighten our belts. And uh, it often, you know how Mandel used to do it, and, and uh, Iverson does it to a certain extent the same way. They throw a number out there at some point. And I, and I bet you, this is, I'm like Kreskin, they'll throw a number out there in the of next course. week or so, right? Well, like, they oh, said you about 3%. Yeah, and it'll be like, you know what, I think, uh, yeah, 3 4% the increase in taxes, and everyone goes, what the? And then next week they'll go, hey, we got it down to 2.2, and yeah. it'll be like, oh, what a great job the council yeah. did on that. So apparently the mayor's got a plan. He's like uh, yeah, saying, hey, you know, we'll funny. just put it on the backs of the developers and is the people in the new neighborhoods. Is there a better way to, yeah. Build yeah. uh, rec centers. Yeah, you know what? I'll be curious to see, and we'll talk, about, uh, talk to Scott about this, but I'll be sort of curious to see how that gets sold to Edmontonians. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about, I don't have a rec center in my neighborhood right now, um, you know, and so I have to pay a little bit more. It seems unfair to say a resident of Twilliger who's like, well, it's not unfair. It's uh, it's too fair to the resident of Twilliger who says, well, I have a rec center. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not going to worry about the mm-hmm. neighborhoods that don't because it's a city it's a city thing. Budget, right? And I start thinking about out by my place where a whole new subdivision is mm-hmm. coming down the road. Right. And what, so what, do what they does need that to build mean? for that? What does that mean? Yeah. Exactly. And, right. And the argument all along... My house has been there for 20 years. Exactly. And the argument all along when it comes to any kind of spending by the city is that you may not use it, but as a city, uh, we have to pay for it, right? So there's lots mm-hmm. of roads on the north side that I, my car has never been on. I still pay mm-hmm. for them, and happily so. I think everyone kind of has to pay for it, don't you? That is always the way it works, right? So to suggest now, but we'll get the details from yeah. Scott. To suggest yeah, 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 now yeah. that some residents will have to pay a little bit more, I don't think they should. Honestly, I think we should all pay the same. We're all Edmontonians. But that's just me. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a great way to start the show. In agreement. <laughs> that rarely happens. You and I have both uh, had meetings this morning. I've had another one tonight. I've got a board meeting tonight. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, for the comedy festival? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're up to your eyeballs in comedy festival stuff. So. I am. We'll get through it. We've got most of our... I shouldn't say most, but... but I think the last time I checked, we were at 70% sold. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a great festival. It's going to be fine. You know, ticket sales are going to be fine, all that kind of stuff. I was out at the base this morning. Um, the new wing commander was in, so I had to go out and meet him uh, for for tactical aviation anyway. Mm-hmm. He's kind of one of the big boss men in charge of, you know, some of the, um, the, the uh, well, 408 Tactical Helicopter Squad, which is in Mali right now. And you'll see great coverage of uh, what they're doing over there coming up tonight on Global National and, and here on the radio uh, throughout the day. All week, uh, Jeff Semple was over there, so you get a first-hand look of that UN peacekeeping mission, that controversial UN peacekeeping mission um, that the Liberals um, got... Um, Got our airmen and airwomen involved in, but if you're wondering what's going on, you'll be able to see it tonight on uh, on Global or on uh, their Facebook pages. Good stuff. Mm. We should probably mention as well that uh, Environment Canada has uh, updated, uh, as of this morning, a special weather bulletin uh, expanding their snowfall warning to areas of western Alberta. Between 10 and 15 centimeters of snow expected to affect regions. Uh, areas to the southeast of the snowfall, such as Whitecourt and oh, Edmonton, uh, we'll likely see some snow on Wednesday or Just Wednesday night. Bit. Yeah, but the weather agency said accumulation is not expected, but snow is coming. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be, uh, tomorrow's also Walk a Mile in Her Shoes, and we're on, oh, a, right. on, on track for a record number of participants, which is absolutely fantastic. So Jasper and 104th Street tomorrow at noon, the event gets underway, but it's going to be a rainy, chilly day tomorrow, so bundle up if you're taking part in it. Yeah. Maybe put some, bring some ski poles with you. Yeah. Hey, uh, here's another story that doesn't need a whole lot of time, but uh, just a curious, well, you know, interesting story. I thought about the enumeration uh, for Elections Alberta. So they came we, to our house the other day. Did they? Yeah. And they had their tablet with them? Uh, Jim dealt with them. I didn't. Okay. Because we I have seen them. them. Yeah, I've seen them. I'm not sure where. Uh, not in my neighborhood, but I did see them somewhere. They're pretty readily identifiable, but uh, the province has sort of had to walk the program back temporarily and here's why because those tablets while tested uh, are operating on with a new system and it turns out that uh, you know if a handful of people are trying them in a lab Mm -hmm. somewhere it works pretty good but when you actually have several thousand people out enumerating at the same time not so much so it was taking as much as five minutes per household to try and enter the data and get confirmation and that's just too long. too long. Right. So they're going to scale it back a little, take another look at the system. Um, if, for whatever reason, you don't get enumerated, you can still vote. It's just easier to vote if you've been enumerated because you just have to show up, say your name, show your license, and, and away you go. you go. Right. So the declaration, all that kind of stuff, can be done door to door if they happen to uh, be by your house. But if you haven't seen them, don't stress about it. Well, they, they put little signs in your neighborhood that says numerators are coming through and just to be aware in case, you know, you're yeah. people like us that don't answer the phone door, doors. <laughs> yeah, a thousand of the 6,000 registered enumerators will be allowed to work at the same time. Mm. So, it was ambitious, 6,000 enumerators out at the same time, but... The, apparently the software. A bit away. Yeah, we've got. Well, we don't even know when the election is, yeah, right? Because spring. we're assuming that we'll be in the spring of 2019, and all indicators are that that's the case. Not the least of which is the premier agreeing to come on our show Thursday. Well, yeah, we, we'll ask her on Thursday. Yeah, when's the election? You know, not specific to Rachel Notley, but just in general. You know, what we should do sometime just for fun mm. is uh, when we have a councillor on an MLA. Uh, you know, possibly an MP. We've we had. Uh, 
Lake on the other day. We should ask a question for which there is clearly a yes or no answer and see if we get one. Just for fun. Is it sunny today? Trust me, I was thinking about that in preparation for the Notley interview. (laughs) Just, are are your shoes red? Like, just something Uh, where, well, it's, uh, you know... It might be a little... (laughs) Yeah. Well, with regard to the question which you've tabled, uh, yeah, okay, just yes or no. Are they, you know... I'm going to have to refer that back. (laughs) Some more study, please. Okay, you know what, let's take a break here at 2.14. Mm -hmm. When we come back, uh, we'll dial up uh, Scott. Johnson. Okay. Down there at City Hall, he can explain to us what this uh, five-point plan for the city's toughest budget in a decade is all about. 217 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Uh, The mayor is calling it Edmonton's toughest budget in a decade. And Mayor Don Iveson has unveiled what he's calling a five-point plan for... Uh, a way to deal with it. Our uh, City Hall reporter, Scott Johnson, joins us this afternoon. Hey, Scott. Hello, Scott. There. Hi, Scott. Hey there. Oh, there, oh, we, there go. we go. There we go. Head your button down, Scott, but it's all back up now. So is this one of these things, Scott, do you think, where we're just sort of foreshadowing a tax increase? Is it just that? Oh, no, this has been talked about since 2016. Uh, when you look at uh, new neighborhoods like the one deep south, uh, East Edmonton, Dakota, where they came out with a report where to build everything that's required for a new neighborhood versus the tax money you get from the people moving in there, there's a big gap of almost a billion dollars. Hmm. So they, they had to square that circle pretty quickly. So Iveson has been talking about this and little snippets here and there for quite some time and uh, packaged it all together with his speech last night and then uh, unveiled it to us this morning with the news conference. So how would it work? Well, let's look at a new neighborhood where under the old system that you have to get provincial A-OK from, the developer pays for all the small streets in the neighborhood, two lanes on the main arterial roads, and the pipes and stuff like that underneath, but the city has to pick up the other two lanes of the main roads, the fire hall, the library, uh, rec center, and all the other amenities that uh, you need in a neighborhood to have a good quality of life. The province has just changed the rules to say that the city can now tack on an extra cost to the developer, and then the developer would pass that on to the homeowner, so (laughs) your new home is going to cost you a little bit more under this new scheme than it would under the old one, but you'd get your stuff a lot quicker. Ah, okay, so everybody's going to be paying the same, they're going to be using the same methodology. We won't all be paying the same taxes, of course, because it depends on your house, but I sort of was left with the impression that, well, maybe we'll we'll tax a new neighborhood a little, you know, the residents of a new neighborhood a little um, higher than we would an existing neighborhood because they already have a rec center. What you're suggesting is that that, that, that cost would go to the resident, but through the developer. Through the developer and the upfront levy, but not an, a, a constant annual tax increase that's higher there than it would be somewhere else. No, that's not it at all. Oh, you know, I'm always, if, yeah, if you're really skeptical, then, you know, I'm not. But if you're really skeptical, you might suggest that this was the city's way of slowing down urban sprawl. Oh, that, that's part of it, too. Uh, <laughs> the Dakota uh, example, and he mentioned it in metric, and I, uh, 
I, I'm still a gallon guy, you know. But uh, <laughs> it was like 36 housing units per hectare or something like that was the original plan for Dakota. And they looked at it and went, no, that's going to, we're going to lose $300 million on that. So they upped it by another 12 per whatever a hectare is, so uh, 40 something. And because they'd have more density there and less urban sprawl, they saved $50 million on that equation. Wow. Mm. Do we know what kind of dollar amount would be passed on to a new home buyer if this went this way? Not yet. They're no. still negotiating yeah. with uh, uh, the developers. So that, And the developers are not uh, too thrilled with this because sure. they think they've been paying their fair share all along, and now more is getting lumped on them. So lots of stuff to get worked out there. And then the other part of this whole budget thing is they're going to cut spending. So Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that as well. So when they talk about cutting spending, are they talking about finding... Um, savings, or are they talking about slowing, you know, not building major bridges? I mean, what are they talking about when they talk about... It's less the capital, it's more the operating, because that's where your real tax dollars go. And uh, one example he threw out today was they used to, in the corporation for the city, deliver the mail three times a day. Now they're going to do it once a day, and then the work that these people would have done on those rounds, they're now going to look more like a courier service. And to do that, then they don't have to spend money on outdoor, outside couriers. They'll pick up the slack themselves, save the money that they're uh, spending on the private sector for the UPS or whoever mm-hmm. you want. Huh. So little things like that. It's. I think you saw the story the other day with the uh, Andrew Nax said, give us a list of things that would cost $64 million, which is a 4% property tax increase. So we can see what that looks like, and maybe we'll see some ideas in there that, yeah, that's worth doing without, like opening a swimming pool at 6 in the morning and only 14 people show up for lane swimming. Well, maybe they won't open that pool now until 10 in the morning. Hmm. Or they'll close a single-sheet ice rink because hmm. they cost way more to provide the service than you'd ever get back in fees. That's why these big rec centers like the one in Terwilliger with the four ice sheets are so popular. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that leaves one point of the five-point plan. That's protect our investments. What does that even mean? Well, uh, the, the question was asked, okay, in a new neighborhood, you've got to create this pool of money to build a new fire hall. But what happens when it's time to renew a fire hall that's been they're 60 years in an older neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So that, that allows them to earmark some more money from the savings they've gotten to reinvest in the old infrastructure that is just as important in the inner city neighborhoods than it is in the suburbs. I, you know, the more I listen to this, I think I'm a little bit more interested in it, mm-hmm. but I think you're right. I think the developers are not going to be too thrilled with this one. And when you look at long term, like when you have to refurbish something, what happens at that point? Well, long term with the developers yeah. as well, though, because yeah, when yeah. you make a decision like this, you really don't see the full impact of it for several mm-hmm. years until you see a neighborhood not being developed mm-hmm. that you thought was going to be mm-hmm. developed, and that's the reason, right? And I, I just, just the beauty of texting. Uh, a former city councillor, Brian Anderson, obviously listening. He's always been a long-time 
Chad, listeners, five or six years ago, we changed the developer responsibility from two lanes in front of your arterial road to four lanes, but not necessarily all four at the front. So, uh, hmm. yeah, they're, they're starting to look at things like traffic counts and figuring out where to get the best bang for the buck. So uh, lots is happening in terms of the rules that were changed by the province, and now that Mayor Iveson is... Uh, rolling this out to see uh, what works and what won't. Well, fun times coming up uh, for you, Scott Johnson, our uh, City Hall reporter. Uh, Council's going to see the capital budget October 23rd, the operating budget November 28th, and then budget deliberations beginning November 28th. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they they go by pretty quick now because uh, (laughs) they sort a lot of stuff out. I think the big fight you're going to see is this idea over back alleys where mm. uh, the mayor this morning talked about, well, we were going to put 1.2% of the tax load into a pool to fix all the back alleys over the next 20, 30 years. Now he's kind of backing away from that, and some of the other city councillors are going, well, wait a minute, we, we agreed to do that, people are counting on that, mm-hmm. we put the money into the new neighbourhoods, all these years, so now it's payback time. So uh-huh. One for all, all, all for one. So we'll see how that plays out. But that, I think, will be a key fight. Interesting right. stuff, Scott. Thanks for this. Appreciate your time today. See you guys next time. You betcha. Hmm. Scott Johnson uh, from Global, uh, well, I was going to say Global News, uh, from uh, 630 Ched News and Global News, really. It's interesting because those who have been in more mature neighborhoods for a long period of time have, Scott's right, he nailed it at the end there. They've been waiting a long time for those improvements to their back lanes, and now what? They have to wait some more mm-hmm. as we build new neighborhoods or build, you know. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, budget time is always an interesting time in the city, right? You know, and at first I thought, oh, no, I, you know, we're all Edmontonians. I think we should all do it this way. But when he explains it that way with the new subdivisions, if it's an extra, well, I don't know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks on the sale of your house, it would go towards whatever. I, I do think that that... Is an interesting concept. Makes, I'm not sure how it works long term. Right. It definitely makes more sense than what we thought the city was suggesting. That's right. Way more sense. So your house is going to cost more, but that's because you'll... You'll get your fire hall out there. You'll get your rec center out there. You'll get your whatever's out there quicker. But again, I come back to the fact that when you buy but a house in Edmonton, it should, should come, come with, with fire hall, rec yeah. center, ambulance yeah. service, whatever else, mm-hmm. right? So... Well, yeah. and, and I'm going to go back to, you know, that subdivision that's going out in deep southwest Edmonton, south of the Hamptons, coming down 199th Street. Um, you look and go, okay, as far as fire halls go, what's the closest one there? That's the closest one is over by you. And that's 15 minutes away. Yes. You know, the more Cameron I think about Heights it. Cameron Heights is, not Cameron Heights, um... Collingwood would be the other one. So there needs to be something out there. There's none of that stuff out there. But, you know, I've just sort of learned how this is going to work. And I, you know, it's, I almost drank the Kool-Aid because I'm back to the way I thought initially. Because, again, you've got a smaller group of Edmontonians Mm -hmm. paying a greater cost, whether it be in a direct tax of the city or whether it be through the cost of their house, than our other Edmontonians. And if you consider, say, uh, some mature neighborhood in Edmonton that needs their fire hall replaced, they don't there's no developer to go, go to, right? Yeah. Like you, you don't go back and say, well, well you We're know. We're not going door to door saying right. give us 50 bucks. Right. So that means apples to apples, it mm-hmm. costs uh, somebody moving into a new neighborhood more 
um, more money to have a fire hall than it costs somebody yes. who already has one. So, mm-hmm. again, it, it feels like a little bit of lipstick on a pig, to be honest with you. I'm back to thinking my original way that, no, you, you, if you're yeah, going to allow... It's not fair. Right. If you're going to allow for development, um, then those are Edmontonians. The second that they choose to, to live in within the city limits of Edmonton, they're Edmontonians. And, they, and whether they take it from the developer, through the developer, or directly mm-hmm. onto your property taxes, certain Edmontonians will be paying more to get the same services that other Edmontonians have. And that doesn't seem right to me. I understand it. They've packaged it nicely because I actually bought it for about five minutes. Yeah. I liked it till I thought about it. Well, yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, it's a process, and uh, we'll see what Over happens. Over the next couple of months. Yep. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.